Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? of the Brain Love Podcast. You hear my girl Mickey Howard in the background. Love under new management. Tonight I'm talking about love under new management. So maybe this is more so for the ladies or maybe this is for the guys too, man. This is a discussion about widening your horizons and staying open to different possibilities to find love to find your mate and never give up on finding your mate because your mate may be there for you God has just been trying to prepare him and prepare you so that once you get together let no man let no man pull you apart so love under new management is lessons learned from previous relationships and then also being patient and finding someone who became your friend. And in a matter of time, real love steps in. Hey! Man, I remember I was a shorty when this song came out. I think I was like in junior high school, if not elementary school. But I understood it. A new world of happiness turned her completely around. So ladies, you can find love under new management. You can find love with someone. You don't have to stay with that guy that doesn't open your door, doesn't take you out on nice dates for dinners, you know, to surprise you. You don't have to stay with that guy that yells and screams and curses when there's a disagreement or that guy who cannot admit when he's wrong, right? So tonight, I have a couple on the couch. This couple is a man and a woman who found one another. They found each other. They met one another here in America, but they both were Americans living in Africa at the time that they met here in the USA. And they decided to to date and just try to make things happen. So I'm talking with Coach Jamal K. Atkins. He's a native of Maryland, as is his now wife. But when they met, they were just complete strangers. Kaya Atkins and Jamal Atkins, man. Join us on the couch. Are you ready to take the couch? I have the most phenomenal guest tonight. I love all of my guests, but this is a different type of show. You know, I've been very intrigued by the motherland lately. Over the last few years, I stopped going to Europe because I said, I need to learn more about my lineage. I need to learn more about my country. I need to learn more about my origins. And so through doing my research, I found a live video on YouTube. There's a channel that I follow about Americans who've transitioned and moved to the motherland. And there was this gentleman on there by the name 
of Jamal K. Atkins, Jamal K. Atkins, and they call him Coach Atkins. And I reached out to him and I'm like, oh my God, you live in Africa. You've lived in several countries in Africa. You're living the experience. I absolutely have to interview you. The reason why I made this a brain love topic or a therapy Thursday topic is because people are afraid of change. People are afraid of doing new things. People don't want to move away or even travel away from where they've grown up, the place that they've become used to. And so Coach Atkins, because you'll learn later that he is a basketball enthusiast. He's also a specialist with youth. Coach Atkins is going to come on tonight and talk about his experiences in Africa. And I have a bonus, man. You know, I love talking about relationships. The bonus is that he's married and his wife lives abroad with him and they dated abroad. They dated between different countries. Wait until you hear this story. It is just, I just, I love it so much. It's, it just gave me goosebumps listening to them talk about their timeline and their life history together. So guys, about Coach Atkins, but I want you guys to meet him. Welcome to the couch, Coach. Thank you, thank you so much, Doc. We, uh, we're glad to be here. And welcome to Mrs. Atkins. Hiya. Hello there. Thanks, Dr. B. Good to be here. Yes, thank you so much for you guys coming and joining me on the couch. You agreed to not only talk about your work experience, Coach, but also we said that we would talk a little bit about the love and the relationship stuff. Well, that's that's easy, so it's fine. We love okay. to. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So before we dive into your career and what you've done over there in the motherland, um, I just I need an explanation of how this whole marriage thing took place because you married Kaya after you moved to the motherland. Is that correct? Yes, um, I married Kaya many years after I had moved to uh, to Africa. Um, I'd lived in several countries by this time and. I began to do uh, more work on both continents, being uh, North America and Africa. And Kaya was working on both continents, North American and Africa. And uh, we have we have one of those connections where someone that I know very well is someone that she knew years ago and was very good friends with. It's crazy we had never met. Um, I guess we had just never been in the same place at the same time. and. Um, those, those relationships were able to put us both in the same place. Um, and it was supposed to be a business meeting. I guess it, it was a business meeting. It was just a very short business meeting. And then there was a life meeting that followed. And the life meeting was, uh, was, was, a, was a blessing or is still a blessing. And it was life-changing for me um, or us both. Okay. So hold on. I need to jump in there because, you know, we were talking off camera and you mentioned some things to me. So I want the audience to really appreciate uh, just how the universe put you guys together. You mentioned you're from Baltimore and Kaya's from Columbia, Maryland, right? Absolutely. Okay. So for the, the audience, I'm from Maryland also. I do not know either of these individuals. Um, I did not live in Baltimore. I went to college in Baltimore. I trained in my residency in Baltimore. So I was there for eight years. But it's just by chance that I learned about Coach Atkins, as I said, through this African YouTube channel that I was following. So Coach Atkins, you're from Baltimore and Kaya, you're from Columbia. And you guys had never, ever crossed paths ever. Not at all. And we know that you went to Morgan, I believe. 
I did. Um, yeah. And that's minutes from where I grew up. I grew up in Northeast Baltimore. I spent most of my time in Northeast Baltimore, Alameda area. Um, and both of my parents and my brother are graduates of Morgan State University. Go Bears. Okay. Yeah, I, I um, earned my master's in public health from Morgan. Yep. So let's see. All right. So you guys didn't know one another. You were telling me about an event that took place. And this is the event where you actually had your initial contact. Um, well, I wasn't I wasn't there at the event. She, um, Kaya was there. And uh, my former business partner was there and one of my mentors, Brad, who lives in South Africa, um, they were having a reunion for Morehouse and Spelman. Um, or mostly Morehouse, because it's mostly men, but of course, Morehouse and Spelman, they go hand in hand. And um, finding a sister from Spelman on continent at the time, she was invited, um, as well as being a, a, a friend of Brad's. Mm -hmm. And from there, um, Brad introduced her to my former uh, business partner who was also a Morehouse graduate. And they asked, um, oh, I was instructed the next time I was in the US to go to a business meeting concerning some of the youth work we were doing on continent in another country. And um, I went to go and meet this lady who was um, gonna be possibly running or, or helping to run a project and then Kaya walked in. So I had to do the business meeting, but I made sure it was the shortest business <laughs> meeting ever um, so that we could get we could get to what was now on my heart and on my mind was getting to know this beautiful lady in front of me. Oh, my gosh. So you knew when you saw her at first sight that in your spirit, this was someone you wanted to know better from a personal standpoint. Absolutely. I knew from the moment that I saw her that it was I would I would love to get to know her. And from us having a conversation, it was just one of those uh, one of those one of those times. I think we, we were there for two hours, maybe two and a half hours yeah. at, at, uh, at Matchbox, which I had never been to Matchbox. Um, and it was pretty good pizza. Uh, I had probably eaten three or four things on the menu by this time. Um, and it was just it was one of those those times where you just you get comfortable and you're able to talk about what's you know what you live for and what I live for is development and and youth and she lives for youth and health and there were so many crossing synergies that it was very easy to just kind of talk the evening away about what you know what we know and love and uh, what we were raised to do. Yeah. Okay, so. Kaya, tell the viewers, what do you do and why had you been working on different in different countries, on different continents and how your paths cross? What is it yeah. that you do for a living? So, so I went to public health school as well and have been working in public health policy for decades now. Uh, I have always worked on uh, sexual reproductive health issues, HIV and AIDS and health disparities. And so... I'm currently working at the Global Fund to fight AIDS, TB, and malaria, and I'm coordinating their work on helping prevent HIV in adolescent girls and young women around the world. When I met Jamal, I was working for the United States uh, State Department uh, for a program called the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, PEPFAR, and it's the, the uh, largest single disease program uh, from a government in the world, and it's to provide AIDS care and treatment and prevention 
around the world and uh, Africa has a disproportionate burden of HIV and AIDS. So that's why I was in DC, but traveling to Eastern and Southern Africa frequently for work. Wow, thank you so much for what you both do. Thank you. Um, you both have very challenging um, positions that you love and it makes it so much easier, I'm sure, that you have a passion for what you do and that you love what you're doing. Um, so Coach Atkins, I know the women, the ladies want to hear, what was it about Kaya that made you uh, simply head over heels for her and you had never met her, never spoken to her? What was it about her? Because, you know, <laughs> ladies want to know how to, how to captivate someone in the way that Kaya captivated you. Um, well, I think first it was a very genuine and, and organic conversation. And um, we really just talked about what we're passionate about and why, why we're passionate about those things. Um, she's also a former dancer and my mom was a dancer. So um, the, the understanding of the, the time and, and what it takes to be good at anything, but specifically being good at, you know, doing dance and ballet, it, that is like some of the most grueling work you could ever kind of just accept because we as athletes think we work hard. Um, I went to a conservatory at Shenandoah University. I watched how hard the dancers worked, and I believe they worked a lot harder than we did as basketball players. Mm -hmm. So getting the opportunity to sit um, and talk with someone who I knew um, hard work and dedication is, is a part of who she is, um, and, and she's doing work that kind of lines up with what I, I decided would be my life's work. Um, it was very easy. My, my mom... Um, went and worked in youth development uh, through the recreation and parks and through ministry. My mom was a, a former former minister in the AME church um, for so many years. So there were so many things that I found in Kaya that was similar to my mom. Um, I'm one of those people who, you know, they say you'll marry someone like your mom. And I was like, that's crazy. There's no way I'm marrying someone like mom. Well, I did exactly that. I, I did exactly that. Um, and I am blessed for it. So it was, it wasn't difficult to be honest with you. I wish I had like some cryptic way. I can tell you I did something special, but I didn't. I, um, I got to meet someone who filled my heart. Um, she is led and, and, and guided by God, which is another blessing for me. Um, I've become a stronger man of faith since meeting Kaya and it, it was very easy. Um, sometimes, you know, just, just listening and following gets it done. And this is one of those times where I was able to do that. All right. That is perfect. You know, there's this thing about what's meant to be will occur easily. Um, and so it just sort of, it happens. And that's when you know the universe is guiding your relationship. The higher power has basically deemed that the two of you should be together. Now, of course, I have to ask Kaya. Kaya, did you feel right away that Coach Atkins, that Jamal might be a, the perfect fit for you during that first meeting? Uh, yes, I, I knew that it was uh, different. I knew that it wasn't just a business meeting. And we, uh, Jamal described it just right. We just sort of talked about what we're passionate about. I had begun to think about what it might be like to live abroad uh, with the job that I had. I, I grew up in the, in the DC metro area and I had lived based and worked close to home almost my whole life. 
and so the prospect of moving away was not even something that was on my mind until I took this job at the State Department. So I really was interested in hearing from him about that. And he, he told me things that he'll probably tell you all uh, in this interview. But I could also tell that Jamal was passionate about helping people. His kindness came through and his authenticity and sincerity also came through. And so I think it was just the genuine connection. And uh, we were both raised to be community people, to help others. And that came out really clearly uh, in our discussion. And so, yeah, we were drawn to each other. And then very much um, he stayed in touch. He stayed in touch. And he was very intentional about me and staying in touch with me and making sure that we stayed connected. Uh, and that's- So he stayed in touch. Where was Jamal living? So Jamal was living in Zambia. So after our initial meeting, uh, he was on the last leg of his trip. So he, to, to the state. So he went home and actually we lost touch for a minute. It was complications with emails and phones. <laughs> We always debate about what happened exactly. But what I can say is, is I, I decided this is someone worth staying in touch with and followed up with him. So that's another thing to take away from this is that you, you kind of have to take things into your own hands. You, if, you, if you feel drawn to somebody, you should reach out. It doesn't always work, um, but you know, playing games doesn't help. So we got back in touch. Uh, and then, yeah, Jamal, um, I was going to Tanzania for work. Jamal was living in Zambia. And he said, uh, you know, what do you think if I came to, to meet you in Tanzania? And uh, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm wrong. Sure. <laughs> I think this is fine. Uh, <laughs> and I had never had someone ask to fly to another country to have a date to, with me. And so he was serious about it. And uh, after, after we were in Tanzania, he also said, okay, so let's go. Like, uh, do you have Skype? Do you have WhatsApp? I didn't have any of those things. And he was like, this is how we're gonna stay in touch. And then and the next day, like clockwork, he got in touch and never stopped, never stopped. No. So uh, that also was a huge sign to me that somebody was willing to stay in touch. And, you know, we both had full lives. Uh, Jamal was doing what he did in Africa. I was very busy with work and loved it and always had been. So it made it a bit easier, I think, to be a part. It was not easy, but mm -hmm. we both had full lives and um, was able to travel and see each other. And it, it, it sounded crazy at first, but it felt really like what was supposed to be happening at that point in time in my life. And after a year of going back and forth every other month or so, somehow, um, we got engaged and then did that for another year. And then I moved to Zambia in June of 2017. So, uh, and had never lived abroad, uh, had been living close to home my whole life. So it was a big change, uh, but worth it. It was worth it and my work was there and I could see that the two of us could really focus and, and grow our lives there. Yeah, I'm very happy for you guys. That is it's just, it's a wonderful story. Um, people will show you 
what they want you to see and feel. And so he showed you well that you were what he wanted. Yeah. It, yeah, you did. <laughs> he did it. He did a good job. It was a little crazy. And I think my friends and family, God bless them. I know they were thinking, what on earth is going on here? Uh, but uh, when you meet Jamal, you realize, uh, number one, they can tell he loves me and I can too. Uh, I had one friend say to me, you know, I said, you know, he just, he's consistent and he's devoted. And she said, has it taken you this long to realize that that is the most important thing? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. So what were some of the activities that you guys would do to help in getting acquainted, getting to know one another, keeping the relationship going? You were living in two different countries and dating on another continent in different countries. That's that's just so um, unbelievable to me. But what were some of the things you would do to help in the relationship? Um, so uh, daily calls, especially during this time of year, um, you know, we were six hours apart were were difficult. But because I am a basketball junkie, um, I'm up at 430 watching NBA basketball because that's what time that comes on in in uh, Africa so that I can watch the games live. Um, so that is, you know, the crack of dawn in the, mer in the morning, actually, even before. And it's getting towards the end of day for her in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty much every day or every other day, we would at least spend 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes or to an hour, as long as it wasn't the fourth quarter in the game, um, because I can't focus. If, the, if it's the fourth quarter, it's, it's, it's useless to talk to me. Um, so it, was, it, it made it possible for us to, to, to talk all the time because I was always up. NBA TV was a lifesaver. It's actually part of our marriage. Um, <laughs> no, I was literally watching it today. I have a question. This is a teaching moment. Yes. When you let her know, listen, if it's the fourth quarter, I can't concentrate on you. I can't focus. I got to finish this game up. Does she get an attitude? No, not at all. He never told me that before just no. now. Yeah. But I guess it's true now that I think about it. Yeah. No, <laughs> she, she never did. Did she accept that basketball and NBA is your one of your loves? And did she ever try to prevent you from loving and, and staying um, um, interested and intrigued by that thing, by basketball? Does she ever try to interfere with that? Never once, to be honest with you, even now, some nights it's getting late. Um, and again, we're, you know, we have that time zone difference. And she'll be like, oh, there's, there's going to be a good game on tonight. You watching the game or you okay. coming to bed? Kind of. So even now, it's still the same way. Um, it's a little harder to stay up. <laughs> it's a little Harder to stay. The game ends up watching me for most of it. I normally set an alarm so it can it can kind of wake me up to make sure I don't miss the fourth quarter. Yeah. But it, it never was hard. It, it never was it, hard. It, basketball, he'll tell you, it makes him so happy. And I want him to do things that make him happy. And I will say he is responsible about it. He does not... Um, you know, when we got married and I moved to Zambia, he used to be at the basketball court all the time. Like hours and hours every night and after being married and moving there it was kind of like okay well you probably can't go every single night because i will never get to know each other it'd be nice to have dinner together and he was he's always been really good about balancing it 
but um, it's important to him. And so I want him to stay playing, stay coaching, yeah. uh, developing the kids as long as he, he can. And so uh, I encourage it. And sometimes, you know, we make barters on a game for, you know, an Oprah show or something. So listen, that's, those are more teaching moments. Um, you did not force him to stop the thing that he loves. You didn't want him to change his hobby, his interest, to devote all his time to you. You didn't have these um, expectations from him or of him to try to change him and the thing that you knew that he loved. That That's a, a common problem in some couples where one of the members of the, the relationship, they want the other person to stop doing the thing that they love. Um, the other thing, the other teachable moment is the compromise. You said, okay, it's cool that you're going to the basketball court and stuff, but give me a couple of nights so that we can see one another. And he acquiesced and he did that. So compromise is important. And then the other teachable moment is you didn't change. That happens a lot too in couples where they begin dating. The woman acts like she loves football or loves basketball and doesn't mind him watching the games. And then once they get married, she's like, what is this? Why are you watching all this basketball? Why are you going to play golf so much? Or, you know, you did not change. You stayed the same. No, she didn't. And thank goodness I like basketball. <laughs> I actually do like it. Yeah. <laughs> Not as much as him, but I used to play when I was younger, and I do like it. I don't know if it was something else, but see, God didn't put that on us. He gave me basketball, so that's yeah. good. <laughs> and I like to eat, so if if I was going to be there every night and there would be no dinner, that's a really tough compromise. So yeah, I was also right. trying to be intelligent in that regard. Gotcha. So, Kaya, you said something. You said, quote, playing games doesn't help, so... As we're closing out uh, this part of the interview with Mr. and Mrs. Atkins, I just wanted to uh, reiterate what you said, quote, playing games doesn't help, close quote. Well, how old were you guys when you met, by the way, if you don't mind my asking? Old. I was, this is part of what helped us, I think. I was um, over 40. I mean, I was 43. That's not old. I'm telling my age. <laughs> I think I was 43 when we met yep. and uh, very happy, fulfilled, and content with the life I built for myself. I have a lot of very close friends, um, was you know close with my family. So things were cruising along. Always knew that I wanted a partner, just the right one that yeah. hadn't happened. All so right. 43 helps. 43 helps. <laughs> Before you go, I'll just say this. We have the public health education in common, as well as the necklace we're both wearing today. Oh, do you have your Nefertiti on there? Yes. I, oh, I, I can't see that. Oh, look at that. Wonderful. I pretty much yeah. I'm simple on the jewelry for every day. So I've had this on since I was in high school. <laughs> pretty much. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Kaya. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and what you do, too. Mental health is so important. And uh, looking forward to everything you're doing, but appreciate that you're bringing that, especially to, to our community. Oh, man. Gratitude. Thank you very much for that. Okay. See you later. See you. Bye. Thanks. So I hope this was a, a very helpful episode for most of you. 
Kaya was in here dropping some gems, man. She dropped some gems about getting acquainted and, and meeting that person that you believe is the person for you. You know, being respectful of one another's space, but also setting limits and expressing yourself when it's time to do so. Like she mentioned his loving basketball and how she doesn't interfere with that. If he wants to watch a game, she lets him watch the game. But she also mentions when they were dating, or no, I'm sorry, yeah, when they were dating, when they first, um, when they were in Africa together and spending time and she would visit, he would be on the basketball court late at night and she said, hey, how are we going to get to know one another if you're spending all of your time on the court? And he accepted that there was compromise. So let's talk about some of the facets in a healthy relationship. You know, what makes a relationship happy? What makes it peaceful, drama-free? What makes it easy to love the person you're with? And also, I think some of these can apply when you're getting acquainted as well. Number one is you can be yourself. You and your partner accept each other for who you are. You don't try to change each other. You can simply be yourself and show your true identity without worrying if your partner will judge you. And this is helpful because research shows that partners who accept each other tend to be more satisfied with their relationships. Imagine this. You're pretending that you're okay with some, some trait that your partner has, and it irks you every time you see or hear them do it. Do you think that's going to drive a wedge between the two of you or cause an issue in the relationship? Absolutely it will. You try to minimize it in the beginning, but... That doesn't work. The other thing that you want in a relationship is that your best friends, your romantic partner should be your friend because guess what? Romance ain't forever, baby. Sex and making out and all those things, it's not forever. Romantic partners who emphasize friendship tend to be more committed and experience more sexual gratification. We see this in studies. Romantic relationships that value friendship emphasize emotional support, intimacy, affection, and maintaining a strong bond. They also focus on meeting needs related to caregiving, security, and companionship. You feel comfortable and close. That is another trait in a good, successful, happy relationship. Something else we find in successful relationships, healthy relationships, because a relationship is healthy, Oh, excuse me, I meant to say a relationship is successful if a relationship is healthy. You're more alike than you are different. You share a lot of things in common. People say opposites attract. Yeah, and in, in, in some aspects, but for the most part, you want to have a lot in common. And key areas of similarity may help your relationship more satisfying. We see that in research as well. You feel comfortable and close is another trait that we find in a healthy relationship you feel like a team you guys use words that matter when you talk you say we us our it's not I his hers they make you a better person your partner helps you refine and improve who you are that is another thing that we see in healthy relationships you share the power they're fundamentally good you trust each other you don't have serious issues and I've mentioned this before to folks about being in a relationship with someone who has caused a lot of damage and trauma. 
So that's what it means by you don't have serious problems. Every relationship will have problems. There's problems and then there's problems. So it's easy to forget about the problems and the major red flags we don't have to deal with. But there are other issues like disrespect, cheating, jealousy, emotional or physical abuse. These should all be relationship killers. So... You don't want to be in a relationship that has serious problems. Any of the things that I just mentioned will cause serious problems in a relationship. Okay, so just a couple of things to help you know what to look for when you're in a relationship and you're trying to decide, am I in a healthy relationship or does this thing need some help? And if you're questioning whether or not you're in a healthy relationship, then you probably are not. So please hit me up if you need additional information about building that strong relationship and having a healthy relationship. I'll say a last couple of things here, and that is communication is key in your relationships. That's in any relationship, relationships at home, on the job, personal relationships. You have to have great communication. Along the lines of communication is listening. It's not about what you say. Communication communication is the key to motivate others, keeping them on the same page with you, and ultimately getting someone to do what you suggest. I'm telling you, be a good listener. They'll respect you more if you're always or mostly listening and not thinking about what to say next. Keep calm in situations. Keep calm. Always keep calm. Be confident when interacting with others and your level of confidence and comfort will in turn make them comfortable around you. All right, guys. So that's all I got for you on the couch tonight. I hope this has been helpful. And um, if you have a story you want to share, please email me at info, I-N-F-O, at drdelvina.help. That's D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A dot H-E-L-P. All right, love. All right, y'all. Say brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe, reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs, know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations, limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership, own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Mm -hmm.